Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available wherever you find folks get your podcast. And this episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Well, not really loving how the game went uh, last night against Kansas, but yeah, we talk about it, and we're also joined by Solja of SpartanHoops.com to help us break down that game. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Yes, it is November 10th, and... I just got done punching all the drywall in my house after that loss. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get to that later. Um, yes, welcome to the Locked on Spartans podcast. Yes, that's right. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. We do this five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We're talking your Spartan football players. We're talking your Spartan basketball players. We're, we're talking all things Spartans here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you find folks get your podcast. Uh, yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to get off your chest, hey, hit me up, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Uh, on today's show, yeah, we're going to bebop around about the, the game for all three segments. That's right, but for segments two and three, we are joined by the one, the only, and you might know him on Twitter as Solja, that's right, of SpartanHoops.com. Awesome, awesome to have him on to uh, help us break down rather a, a sad game for, for Michigan State, but don't worry. We pick out some positives, and it's not the end of the world. Life's going to go on. It's it's all going to be okay. Uh, before we get there, though, really quick, uh, the college football rankings uh, just dropped actually like two minutes before I flipped on the recording switch, and uh, Michigan State has dropped to seventh in the college football ranking, <gasps> but not without some drama. Bum, bum, bum. Michigan, that's right, the team that took a big, fat 37-33 to loss in East Lansing just... Uh, what is it, 11 days ago at this point? Uh, they are ranked 6th. Oh, no. They're ranked ahead of... Yeah, so they're ranked ahead of Michigan State. Um, two things just to be really quick on that. Uh, there's three weeks left in the season. Things are going to shake out here. And also, uh, both teams went out. Okay, that means Michigan State's going to go to Indianapolis. So it, I'm not going to put too much stock in that. There's a lot of season left. Yada, yada, yada. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, Should they be ranked ahead of Michigan State? No. The game was settled on the field, but I'm not going to really care about it all too much right now. Uh, so that's my quick take on that. Sorry if you wanted more fire uh, around that, but I just don't got it for you today. Uh, however, I got some fire for basketball. How about that? Uh, some of it positive, some of it negative. And, yeah, very odd that I could say the word positive after taking a 87-74 to loss in the Champions Classic. But, listen, I, we talked about it with our, our guy Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com before the game. It's not going to be the end of the world if you lose this game, right? It, it, crazy enough, good things can happen later in a season if you drop your Champions Classic game. Look at the 2019 Final Four team. Look at the 2015 Final Four team. Um, yeah. But with that said, with that said, okay, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. This is still Michigan State. We still pride ourselves on being a legitimate uh, basketball program, a, a national power. So, no, it's not going to be all skipping through the field, picking daisies, sunshine, and rainbows here as we talk about a 13-point loss to Kansas. Who? Hey, let's just start off right there. Kansas, 
that's that's a top five team. Yep, okay, that ranking seems pretty appropriate. Uh, they could turn the Jets on, get it done. They could score in all sorts of ways, and that's all with a starter missing the game as well. So, okay, that, that happens. Now let's talk about our Spartans. And this is, I, you know me if you've listened to this podcast many a times before. I, I, I always feel bad having to talk bad about, uh, you know, the student-athletes, the college kids that try so hard. But, okay, here here we go. Um, it's gotta, it, you got to start at the top, right? Um, the captains, Malik Hall, Gabe Brown. Two off games from them, and for two very different reasons, actually. Um, Chris Solari uh, of, of Lansing State Journal and Detroit Free Press tweeted it out that Gabe Brown was uh, a tad overcranked for the game. Like, he was doing way too much, way too overactive, yada, yada, yada. And this is not knock on Solari because he was spot on. Gabe Brown was way wound up for this game. However, with that said, happy to see him wound up as opposed to the other direction, kind of like Malik Hall, perhaps, of not really fired up enough or wound up enough for this game. So we're going to find the level to this water here of Gabe Brown's tenacity, his intensity, but yeah, just a little too chaotic for, for, uh, for my liking. Wasn't the worst game of all time. Was it four for 10 shooting 10 points, but fouling out. Okay. 10 minutes before half. And I'll stop you right there. I agree with you guys. The second foul was not a foul, but still I kind of a little too much Malik. That's going to be a little tougher to swallow right there. Having, Games where you look like you're not really there every third, fourth game is fine when you were like the fifth option, the seventh option. Boy, we can't really have that. We can. I, I don't necessarily love uh, a captain, a veteran captain coming off the bench as an energy guy. Not necessarily bringing a lot of energy to the game. I'm not going to write them off for the season. This isn't going to be a ridiculous podcast where I just go crazy and make a bunch of bold claims that, oh, these guys suck. They shouldn't even be capped. I was like, no, listen, they're going to be okay. All right. Yes, Michigan State lost by 13 points. They also played Kansas. However, they could have played the Kansas high school all-star team if they wanted to, and I still think they would have turned the ball over 16 times. Let's talk about that, because that's a little bit of, uh, on everyone right there. Um, kind of starts at the point guard position. Uh, Hogard, three turnovers. But you know what? Hogard gets a pass because everywhere else in his game, he played great. He played awesome. We get into that next segment with our guy, Solja. Hogard, okay, hey, three turnovers. You're still the star of the game, bud. 17 points. You looked active. You look great. We'll get to you later. Uh, Tyson Walker, rut row. Um, again. A conversation we have later on in this episode. I'm not going to write him off. It's it's not a oh he should go back northeastern sort of thing. But oh that was a yeah that was not the best debut perhaps for uh, Tyson Walker, a guy who comes from northeastern, uh, averaging 18 points a game, and he ends this night two points, one of three shooting, didn't attempt a three pointer, didn't attempt a free throw, turned the ball over three times, and kind of like how Soldier brings up later. Probably lucky to be credited with only three turnovers. So maybe lights a tad too bright for him. I don't know. It, it looked a little too timid for my liking. A lot of drive and then kick out, which is fine to a point, though. Eventually, hey, maybe the basket is something we should look at attacking, perhaps. Or sometimes, too, just getting the ball and not even like really looking for a shot. And it, it just, yeah, so that, that was a little 
concerning, but I'm going to give it a few more games before I go to full DEFCON 2 and barking about, oh, Hogarth should play 39 minutes a game, and it was tough. It was tough, and this is a, fr- a refrain you'll hear later on the show, too, is a lot of guys had fine games, you know, like, okay, Hauser, I th- he was fine. fine. Max Christie, fine. Um, you know, Sissoko, fine. Uh, you know, played limited minutes, but he was there. But two guys, and I'll end this segment on a positive note, and we'll touch more so on these guys later on, is that the center position was something that was hanging over our heads for a while going into the season as a big question mark, and Bingham played probably a notch above fine, probably a few notches above fine, actually. I'll be fair to him. He, he played solid, definitely solid. Seven rebounds, uh, two blocks, ten points on five of ten shooting. Solid on defense for the most part, no doubt about it. Yes, 0 for 3 from three-point land, but... Okay, they were good three-point shots. I mean, listen, I, I don't necessarily love the idea of him shooting three of those per game, but he's that open for him? Okay, fine, let, let, let her rip, whatever. <sighs> yeah. And then, hey, Marble, okay, just a little four-for-four four game from the field, five-for-six from the free-throw stripe. 13 points, not bad. Ah, shoot, I said I was going to end this on a positive note, but you know, then I looked down and I saw the 56% shooting from the free-throw stripe for the whole team. 9 for 16, yeah, not good. Um, okay, let's see. I set it in on a positive note, really scraping by here. Hey, how about this? Um, Max Christie's 10 shots that he took were all good shots. Again, uh, I'll say I sound like a broke record player. Uh, we get to that in the next few segments here. Um, yeah, so let's just actually get to those, shall we? It's a great conversation with Soldier of SpartanHoops.com, or you might know him from Twitter, just being the most awesome guy, most positive guy on there. But first, you talk to you fine folks about prize Picks, that's right. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Offering more college football props than anyone in the world and offering all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might have never even heard of. That's right. So how do you do prize picks, guys? How do you play? Well, go to the award-winning app and download it on the App Store or on Google Play. And then from there, you make your deposit, but make sure you smash in promo code Locked On. That's right. Locked On, all in word, will get you that 100% instant deposit match up to 100 Dollars. So from there, you pick two to five players, pick the over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. It is just you against the projected numbers. That's right. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. And best of all, they offer safe and fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code LockedOn, or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy, guys. And we also got to talk to you, fine, fine folks, about that's right. That's right. The proud people serving our community since 1965. Of course, I'm talking about McDonald's, baby. This episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, and McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. That's right. It's just a place where you can reconnect with family, friends, classmates, fellow fans, rivals, whoever you want to. If they're at McDonald's, odds are they're in a pretty good mood because, well, they're having some awesome food, awesome coffee, connected to some Great Wi-Fi. I've never been into a McDonald's where the Wi-Fi let me down. And all for such a great price. So, win or lose, it is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or away team can come to recharge. Whether it's, oh, just stopping right outside Spartan Stadium, whether it be the double-decker McDonald's or the one a little further into Okemos, just to relax a little bit before you hit the road. Or, if, hey, if you're going to a road game you got to stop somewhere, make it McDonald's, baby. That's right. It's a place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest and refuel. That's right, baby. So, head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say, Locked on Spartans Watch Party? That's right, guys. McDonald's, serving community since 1965. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And I'm also loving you guys making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much, guys. You're all the best. Hey, let's uh, let's keep talking about this game and some positives, some negatives with our guy, Soldier of SpartanHoops.com. Well, misery loves company. So, uh, yeah, there, there's two of us now. And uh, for the first time, which is – I'm so sorry that this is the first time, actually. We should have had you on multiple times before. But you know what? Hey, what better time to have on Solja from SpartanHoops.com? What better time to have him on than after a loss? Hey, how you doing, man? You, you doing okay over there? <laughs> you know, it's uh, I need a little bit of time after games, but being on here with you, I think I'm, I'm feeling better already. Honored to be here on Locked On, ready to talk a little bit about what we just saw and going to try to curb some of the, you know, the overreactions we've seen on Twitter and hopefully have a good mindset moving forward. But glad to be here. Love it. I like that. I like that. So dealer's choice then. Do you want to start talking just like any positives that we got from the game or do you just want to start with the the, the bad stuff and then work our way up to the good stuff? How, how, how do you want this to go? I mean, I am always kind of one of those sandwich guys. You know, I like a positive. I like a, you know, a negative or developmental piece in the middle. And then we we can end positive. Uh, love that. Which, love you know, that. we could go, go that way. Love that. Absolutely I, uh, love that. Yeah, I think we should go that way. Let's Let's do that. I think the, the the obvious one to start with, right, is AJ Hogard. I mean, he was fantastic, and maybe this is some of my prior bias too. Like I myself, hand up, I wasn't the biggest AJ Hogard fan. I thought he was fine. Hard stop at that though. Uh, couldn't really shoot the ball well. Yeah, you know, it was a little choppy here and there. But oh my goodness gracious, not just physically does he look different as he's as everyone knows by now, twenty pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, he can slash it through. He can run the transition. He looked good, but I'll let you take it away from here. How impressive was he? And was he impressive enough to have you think, mm, maybe this is actually a starting point guard? I mean, I guess there, you know, there should be some credit given to Izzo with all of the talk he had this summer about Hogard truly competing for the starting spot and, you know, having yeah. this transformation because he came out and, and just balled out. And honestly, he played as if that starting spot is his. And I mean, we're one game in, yes. But like, hey, throw him that bone if this is how he's going to play. You I mean you mentioned it? He uh, he does he's, he doesn't just look uh, like a new physical specimen, but he's acting like it. I mean, he's going out there with bravado. He's attacking the rim relentlessly. I mean, he went eight for thirteen tonight in field goals. He made a three, uh, one for two, so it didn't take many. Um, but he just looked like a new beast. And honestly, I, I think that's a big credit to having a full offseason of workouts and practice um, from his freshman to sophomore year jump. And, and I, I, we're starting to see that. I mean, maybe we should give Izzo a little bit of due for, for how he's hyping him up. But, I mean, the last couple of years, mm-hmm. there have been some people he's hyped up and it's been a little rocky there. So had to be a little hesitant. But I hope all of the Hogard doubters tonight can, can kind of see, like, there, there's more. There's a little more to this, and I think we have two point guards who are going to be, when all is said and done, hopefully pretty special here. Yeah, right on. And I, I'm sticking my – this is bad podcasting. You're sticking my hand up when you say the, the Hogarth <laughs> doubters. Because I, I was one, but I could be turned around in just one game. That's how easy it is to win me over early on in the season. I'm very vulnerable emotionally right now. So <laughs> all that you need to do is just have 17 points against Kansas. I'm like, sick, fine, awesome, cool. This is great. Um, Right. As far as like – Everyone else, like a lot of people had fine games. Not everyone had a fine game, but maybe someone that had a, a notch above a fine game with someone else that came off the bench 
And this is, I believe, one of your guys that you absolutely just carry a ton of water for, and for good reason. Yeah, Julius Marble. Nice old yep. five for six game from the free throw line, four for four from the field, 13 points, seven rebounds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, he was another guy who was playing for minutes and he, he showed out. And yes, I have been on the Marble train for a while. I think after his freshman year, I wrote a, for SpartanHoops.com, wrote a, his like off season, you know, reflection and preview piece. And I really liked his footwork, I really liked, I think the way he found space. Yeah. He still does have some spacing issues, but uh, the way that he came out tonight and I think just said to himself, I'm going to attack the hoop. I'm going to be aggressive. And it looks like we've got people on our team right now who aren't showing up. So let me be that guy. I mean, he gave us quality minutes from start to finish. And uh, honestly, at this point solidified a really good spot behind Bingham. And that's not even putting Sissoko under the, the bus either. Cause I think Sissoko has given us all great minutes up to this point this year too. So Marble just showed out. I mean, you mentioned it perfect from the field uh, five for six from the line uh, seven rebounds, 13 points, not much more you can ask from uh, your, your, your backup center. So maybe before we get to the, the the bad part of our sandwich here, like well, let's let's talk one more positive here. I think one thing that everyone was holding their breath over was kind of how the center position would unfold. And this is the world's smallest sample size. It's one game, but after one game, listen, like Bingham, he he played solid. I think you know, ten points, mm-hmm. five for ten. You know, zero for three from three point. I don't love him shooting three three pointers, but that that last one he was wide open. Like okay, given that, I'm not going to nitpick over that. But and just like you said with Sissoko, like not you know, stat sheet stuff and everything, but he was active. So how, how calm are you about the center position? How comfortable are you with that? Are you still going to make a uh, declaration? I mean, to be completely honest with you right now, I'm calmer about the center position than I am about our starting point guard spot. And again, we're just one game in one game in. So we've got a a very small sample size, Uh, but I thought Bingham was one of our three best players tonight. Um, he, for the most part, especially in the first half, contained McCormick the way that you need to. I mean, McCormick is going to get his, but I think Bingham played him really well in the first half. I wasn't, I mean, like you, not mad that he took that last three-pointer. He was wide open. I think that's a shot he can make. What I was disappointed in was the return uh, when we had uh, just a wide open three that Ajabi t- took and, and there was no closeout. That's what killed me. And I think for Bingham... Again, I think he's a really good player. His ceiling is still high, but sometimes there's just like that kick in the pants that he needs a few possessions a game. And unfortunately, those are the few possessions that really kind of <laughs> really impact uh, the, the the end result. Um, but I I feel comfortable right now. I'd like to see Bingham continue to get uh, the majority of the minutes. I think Marble played his way into the second spot in Sissoko. I think he's ready in case Bingham or Marble can't kind of follow through consistently um, this season. But uh yeah, that point guard spot right now is is a little more uh, up in the air, I think, in my mind, which is unfortunate because, yeah. <laughs> and we will be right back to end the show with our guy, Soldier of SpartanHoops.com. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right, guys. We are talking about the best tasting protein bar in the entire world. I smashed a Built Bar today. That's right. I worked out, not to brag, two days in a row. That's right. That is a record for like the last three months for me uh and built bar carried me through uh guys you might think you know everything about protein bars uh, oh like i've got my protein bar built bar can't be this good no it is uh built bar is going to make your protein bar taste like a dry race board eraser in comparison uh built bar 
it's soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you are tasting what's actually written on the wrapper. This isn't one of the protein bars where it says, like, chocolate bonanza power beam. And it tastes like you're eating pencil shavings. You know, no, like, no, this is good tasting stuff. And not just good on the taste buds. It's good on the body, guys. That's right. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. You get all the healthy benefits on top of it just being an awesome tasting protein bar. So go get coconut, raspberry, mint, brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry, barcia. Go find any of those fine flavors at Built.com. But use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's right, guys. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Guys, I also need to talk to you fine folks about betonline.ag. We're back. We're better than ever. With a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON, it's all one word, LOCKEDON, to receive that 50% welcome bonus. From basketball to football to NHL, boxing, UFC, golf, your favorite Vegas casino games do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the two, <laughs> 2021 season. Bang. Nailed it. Uh, BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, guys. Let's get back to our guy, Soldier of SpartanHoops.com. Let's let's slide off those positive pants that we're wearing right now, and let's let's take a look at okay why MSU lost by thirteen today. It, it, listen, I, I have to I have to say this contractually obligated to say this before I talk about a student athlete in, in, in a mean way. I don't feel good about it. They're trying their best. They're mm-hmm. great kids. Wow, was that a tough game for Tyson Walker though? That oh, whoa, yikes. Okay, yikes. Um, I, I just you know what. I won't even ramble. I just kind of want your take on it before I go any further, like just on how his performance was. <laughs> not not the greatest debut uh, for for one of our newcomers. And honestly, I would argue that our three newcomers who are going to have to be impact players, Tyson Walker, Max Christie, and Jay Nakins, didn't have great showings today. Yeah. And uh, maybe a part of that is just kind of being caught in the limelight, kind of being a little starstruck. But you could see it on Tyson Walker's face. I mean – he just did not look like he was in it and wanted to be in it for the entire game. There are shots he passed up, which he needs to take for us to be successful. Uh, He had a good amount of turnovers. I mean, let me check here. He had three. Um, You very could have easily credited a couple of more to him. Um, It's going to take a little bit of time for him to realize his full potential here. And I think a part of that is as a transfer into Michigan state, you need to prove to Tom Izzo, like you play his game, that you're fundamental, that you are in it for the team. And, I think Izzo's given him a bit of that looser leash to say, like, shoot the ball, be aggressive. And there's this, like, internal battle with Walker right now about, like, how do I really kind of come out as a transfer? And he just needs to come out and be himself. He just needs to come out, be himself, do what he did with Northeastern, and I think he's going to be in a good spot. Because if he doesn't average double-digit points for us this year, we're not in a good spot. Um, as as yeah. well as Hogarth's performance was tonight, Walker needs to be the guy. A hundred percent. And like, just like you're saying, I mean, it was just glaring, like how many shots he just passed up or he would get the ball immediately and kind of, Hey, I'm not making a direct comparison to to this guy, but it was kind of like a la foster lawyer. Like he would just get the ball and not even look at the hoop, like looking everywhere else, but either attacking the rim or just looking for a shot too. Mm. again, two completely different players. I'm not here to have that discussion, but I, God, it, it, it is kind of a bummer that, 
is Izzo and company just stack the non-conference because that could be a benefit. Just get him some cupcakes to kind of get his feet wet. You have Lester on Friday. Okay. Yep. That should go good. Okay. Then you're at Butler. Hey, Eastern, that's fun. And then you go to battle for Atlantis where every team is a complete brawler. Then it's Louisville. It's like, Oh my God, like, will he ever have time to settle in here before it gets too far in the season? So when, when will you slap the W word on Walker worry? When will you worry about Walker? It's probably maybe a little too early for someone like you, right? Yeah, especially okay. for someone like me, I try to... Because you're level-headed. Me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we're going to see our fair share of ups and downs with him, especially in the non-con. Um, I don't know if that gets any easier in in conference, though. I mean, in conference is a different beast, and he's going to have mm-hmm. to be being aggressive with established and elite big men in this conference. I, I think that's a tall order. And actually, that's one of the things I kind of have reservations about with Hogard. Hogard was able to attack relentlessly tonight because Kansas plays small ball. And that is not the case with a lot of big 10 teams. So that's honestly something we should just keep track of. But I think for Walker, if it doesn't come together sometime in in January, February, we're in the thick of big 10 play, uh, you know, then I will slap that W there. Um, It's interesting too. I think Walker had a lot of, and I know he's not with us anymore. Rocket Watts, opportunities where he's got like that mid-range pull up around the free throw line and he just passed those up and that's what I love so much about Rocket Watts he was able to pull up take that shot with confidence that's what Walker needs to do because he's got the ability to sink those so no no doubt about it that's that's a great callback too to the god I feel like the Rocket Watts days were six years ago (laughs) no they were just last season (laughs) that's crazy well yeah I'll tell you what was also last season six seasons ago 48 seasons ago um, let's see the box score. Michigan State turnovers, uh, four thousand nine hundred sixty-three turnovers tonight. Um, why, why, why does this keep happening? I know, that, like, <laughs> this is a very broad and tough question, but why, why do are we doing this again? Like, because uh, listen, hey, one game, small sample size. I'm not really going to freak out about much. This is a recurring theme, though, for the last few seasons. I'm already worried about this. Or are you already worried about the whole turnover issue? As MSU had 16 tonight, in all reality. It is a trend, and we have seen this happen with really good teams. We had, uh, I believe it was either our Final Four team in 2019 or the team before where obviously we had cash and we had studs where we turned it over 20-plus times at Illinois, and that to me wasn't even a big surprise because that's just how it went for us. There are some things I feel like are unexplainable. We have a tendency to have a foot on the – uh, you know, the out of bounds line, you know, it, all the way back to the days of Darrell Summers. And like, Crazy. it always happens. <laughs> um, it, I, I do think there are some things though uh, that we saw last year that we're going to see early on this year is like when that chemistry, especially in our half court says is not there. When you have that familiar familiarity that still needs to kind of be co- more cohesive, you're going to see mistakes, especially with the sets that Izzo demands from his players. Um I think you can shore that up when you get chemistry and dynamics, you know, clicking a little bit more, but we still have a lot of players in some new roles trying to figure things out. And that always takes time. Unfortunately, that seems to be the case a lot of the years that we've been watching. So hopefully the the, the tides turn. (laughs) Well, okay. All right. How how are we going to dig ourselves out of this one? Okay. How are we going to end on a positive note? I, I have one, I I have one written down and still a negative in a way, but let's say we'll work our way off. Um, Max Christie, listen, he all-world kid, heard nothing but great things about him in the offseason, and he, he didn't play terrible. You know, I, of, of course, not, not a great game, not a good game, but 3-for-10 shooting. With that said, though, 
I kind of like that all 10 shots were good shots. You know, it, it never felt like he was taking a, a ridiculous circus shot. So you talk about scratching and clawing for positives, yep. but I, I think there's something to Like, I, I legitimately think there is something to that, though, that, you know, spark shots. And these, for a player like him, knock on wood, are going to start falling. I mean, eventually. It is just one game. So I don't know. Like, how, how do how, or if you also want to talk, touch on Aikens, too, the, the two freshmen that played today, like, how, how do you figure they'll fare early on in the season? I agree with you on on Christie. There was not a bad shot he took. And honestly, uh, him going, uh, what was it, three for ten? If, mm-hmm. if, if we were to have ten more minutes of the game, I'd say keep on shooting to where, you know, you've got 20 yeah. attempts. I don't care how many you make. You're seeing all good looks. Um, he was two for four from deep. Uh, those two threes he had came in the first half. Um, but he had a really good, I mean, I think his second three-pointer where he came right off the bench and kind of stemmed a little bit of a Kansas run. I mean, that's the type of player we're going to come to expect from Christie. And let's also note real quick about Christie. His, this is his first official collegiate game, nine points, yeah. three for 10. He's gotten a lot of, drawn a lot of comparisons to Gary Harris. Gary Harris's first game in Germany against UConn, he only had 11 and went four for 13. And he went one for seven from deep. And Gary Harris turned out to be pretty fine. So. I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so anyone who had to worry about Max Christie tonight, don't do that. That is not what you no. should be focusing on. He's going to be fine. Um, Aikens, I thought Aikens played well with the minutes he had. Um, I, he was energetic. He was crashing the glass. Uh, got a trip to the line where I think he went one for two, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. But, he, I mean, he was – he made the most out of his minutes, and I think we should come to expect that type of play from him this season um, until he starts to take more of the reins later on. Here, here's a uh, dumb guy at the corner of the sports bar take that I actually believe. Uh, like, I think Aikens can really just benefit from a game at Breslin Center. Like, I don't know, starting your college mm. career, Madison Square Garden, ESPN against Kansas, top five team, like – I do think it did look like the moment got to him a little bit. Like all the shots were short, including that first free throw was woefully short. So get him in front of a comfortable atmosphere. Everyone's on his side. Get the kid some moxie because that's kind of how his game is. Got some moxie in his game. Yeah, I think I'm going to hang my hat on that ridiculous take. I'm good for one of those every episode or two. So, yeah, that's where I kind of met out on that. So, yeah, man. So, uh how do you see how do you see that? Okay, like I, I'm assuming this doesn't change how you see the season as opposed to how you thought it would gonna go like Monday, you know? Like how how do you see the rest of the season going to yeah, stay? Like are are, are we fine? Like are, are the kids gonna be okay? I think it depends on what people's perspective of, of okay is, especially when we're comparing it to Tom Izzo's tenure. So that's important. I, before this game, pegged Michigan State to lose at the very, I would say at the very least, three non-con games. Kansas was the one game, was one of the games I picked. Louisville, I don't think they're going to win. We Even if we're a good team, we drop to Louisville in the challenge. That just happens. Yes. Um, and I, yes. I think at the very least, we will drop uh, a Battle for Atlantis game, whether that's against Loyola, which very well could happen, or later down the road. In fact, we could very much lose two games there. Um I think where it starts to get interesting is is Big Ten play because I would say our team right now is more suited for non-con. Uh, we should tend to play more smaller ball. I think Bingham is not quite there yet to be the anchor defensively against some of your guys like a Kofi Coburn, Travion Williams, mm-hmm. Hunter Dickinson. Uh, conference play, I'd say if we finish fourth, we are really happy. Like we are really happy with that. 
I think the expectation. That sounds great. Yeah. Be, yeah, that's that's perfect. And then the expectation maybe should be something around, you know, five through seven, somewhere in that middle tier, uh, to where we make the tournament. We don't have to sweat it out like we did last year, and maybe we put in a put in a run. Sold. Blindly sold. Let's say, hey, I know we're Michigan State. I, I know that we are a great program, but after last year, I, I, I'll take any sign of just comfortability at, at this point coming up this season. Like I, I am a feeble, faint heart, wilting flower of a man. I, I just, I just, I can't go through last season again. I just can't do it. I no, no, thank you. Oh man, well, hey, it's a breath so, of so fresh awesome, air. Man. It is, and thank yeah, thank goodness. And the whole team kind of feels like a breath of fresh air. I don't know how to describe it, but hopefully, I can articulate it after the next few games here. But I don't. It, let's say, hey, nothing's fun about losing my thirteen points, but like, it seems like a fun team, right? That's a good positive to Agreed. end on. Yeah, hey, there we go. Nice. Agreed. Look at us go. Oh man, well, so you're the man. You're you're the man. I I'm, I'm sorry it took this long to get you on the podcast, man. I would I would love for you to come back. Whenever you want, honestly. So this this was awesome. Love uh, picking your brain over MSU hoops. And guys, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're, you're missing out. Not only is he a great <laughs> basketball mind, handsome gentleman, but also just one of those positive people <laughs> on Twitter. Like, it, it is great. You want a ray of sunshine? Head over to Soldier's page right there, baby. And also head over to SparkHoops.com <laughs> to catch his analysis. That's right, baby. SparkHoops.com. You're the best, man. Love you. God, you guys are awesome. Massive. Massive thank you to our guy, Solja, not just for joining us for a, a post-game recap, but a eh, post-game recap after a loss. That's probably not the funnest uh, thing to get up for, to talk to uh, to me about a defeat for the Michigan State Spartans. But hey, Solja, awesome guy, great guy. Go follow him, find him on Twitter, uh, and find his work on SpartanHoops.com. It's fantastic. Uh, Speaking of fantastic content, guys, uh, I need you to check out Locked on Bets. That's right, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. That is right, Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So, yeah, guys, go check that one out after, uh, yeah, wrapping up this episode, which we're doing right now, currently. Yes, this is the end of the show. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Uh, Tomorrow's episode will be happier because we're not necessarily talking about a loss. Well, okay, kind of. We touch a little bit on the Purdue game, but yes, we are joined by Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports uh, to bebop about football. That's right. And then for Friday's show, yeah, we'll, we'll have a grab bag. We'll talk about the Maryland football game. We'll talk about the Western Michigan basketball game. And if you have any questions, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Hit me up there. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's it, guys. I guess let's just try to have a Wednesday. Yeah, let's go. All right, go green.